genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one minute at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 160. Nice. Which starts with Aragorn sitting beside Boromir and ends with Aragorn saying, I have seen the White City long ago. Yes. We don't know, movie-wise, we don't know how old Aragorn is yet. Yeah. We we have no context for how old he is until ha- about halfway through Two Towers, I think. Do they tell us how old he is? Um, he says that he, in Two Towers, he's having a conversation with Eowyn, and he says that he marched with her grandfather. Oh. <laughs> okay. And then, like, at some point, like, Eowyn's just like, but that was over 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> You're hot. <laughs> And like from there and knowing like what year it is and mm. stuff, we you can kind of piece together in the movie that Aragorn, if he was like a man at that time, that Aragorn would have to be like at least 70 or so. Yeah. So you can kind of piece together roughly how old he is just from context clues in the movies without ever having been explicitly told. Nice. Which is cool. Like I'm, I'm glad that they, they made his age like a point yeah. in the story. Well, he's got elf blood. He's got elf blood, yeah. He's essentially a half-elf. Very long-lived. Well, I mean, like, what, like a, like a 64th elf? Well, yeah. Well, more than that, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, all the Dunedain have, like, some amount of elf blood. That's why they're such long-lived right. and pretty people. Right. <laughs> so, Moromir about Moromir. That's right. <laughs> We're here for Moromir. This this whole speech from, like, where it starts yesterday to, like, where it goes tomorrow, I, I've i always loved. And I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this just isn't in the theatrical at all. This whole conversation. It's just not there. We go from the, we go from the lament and the little fireworks thing directly to Galadriel walking across the lawn in front of their sleeping forms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's not included either. The fireworks? No, not the fireworks. The fireworks are. Yeah. Um, this conversation yeah. is just not there. Yeah. Which is a shame because... Well, I I get it. Because it takes away from two things. One, it takes away from the emotional weight of the Mirror of Galadriel if you have two really emotional scenes back to back with different characters. And it just makes you take longer in Lothlorien when we're trying to get to the end at this I point. I don't think so i think it i mean like they are two very emotional scenes but it's a different kind of emotion yeah but you're not trying to like exhaust an audience sitting in a theater that's true you know <laughs> like by the, by the time you get to if you're watching the extended edition you did this to yourself <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong you're in it for the long haul just like us 160 episodes in yeah and uh, almost three hours 80 into the more movie. to go almost three hours into the movie and that's really exciting yeah it is exciting you can you feel like real 
like very genuine emotion from Sean Bean's delivery of these oh lines. Oh my god, it's so good. I love how genuine um and like just it's 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 beautiful. It's beautiful to watch and right. it's it's so I don't know. It's like inspiring. It in is its, in its own way. Like this man who like you know he just said that he 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 hasn't there there's it's been a while since any hope he's seen any hope and then to to have him talk about his city in this way um it's really beautiful and i like the effect that it has on aragorn as well yeah cuz you can you see him kind of mulling it over there's a point here where like Aragorn's body language changes and it's right. It's as Boromir is describing the tower of Ixthalion. Mm-hmm. Aragorn, like as he sits down is like looking around, like kind of making sure that no one else is there and he's sitting down and he seems kind of disinterested, but he's here because Boromir is vulnerable and he doesn't want Boromir to like be alone with this. I And then when he describes the white tower, Aragorn, like, really like takes note of what Boromir is saying. That's the way his body language reads to me. I really don't think he is disinterested. Um and the reason I think that is because he goes from standing um and the expression on his face like um it's just, it's been long since we've had any hope and Aragorn kind of um has this expression on his face that he feels like he needs to be here for this man right now. Um, and he goes from standing, which may like, like body language wise, like he would have the upper ground because, you know, yeah, like right. he's, he's in he a comes position down to Bormir's of, level. yeah, he's in a position of power. So yeah. he brings himself to sit next to him. Yeah. So I think that doesn't show disinterest. I think that shows increased interest in what Boromir is saying and what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, I've always read this more as like Aragorn understanding that Boromir is vulnerable. So he stays with him. So he's not alone, but not necessarily like being invested in the kinds of things that Boromir is talking about. Yeah. Because Aragorn, even to this point, doesn't seem to have like any emotional interest or stake in what's going on in Gondor. Every time it comes up about visiting Gondor, he's just like, he waves it off. He's uninterested. We're not going to go earlier in the movie. He said, we're not going to go anywhere near Gondor. Yeah. So like, to me, this is the beginning of his change in attitude. With yeah. Boromir. No, I agree with that. And I think that happens when Boromir describes his home. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that Aragorn is disinterested up until this point. I think he's being a good friend and a good person. Mm. Because I if mean, you were disinterested in what someone was talking about, your arms would be crossed. He would Well, just... he also he doesn't sit right next to him. He's not in proximity. Right. He sits a pretty fair distance back. I think that though like he's respecting his um his his personal space. Like this this person who I've been traveling with, but don't really know all that well. Yeah. 
is opening up to me, so I'm not going to scare him by getting up in his face. I'm going to let him talk, but also sit beside him and let him know that I'm yeah. here. Yeah. That's what mm -hmm. I, like... Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about, like, body language and, like, conversations like this. It's really easy to interpret them in different ways. Because I've always taken this as the beginning of him actually, like, really respecting Boromir. Yeah. And before this, he just kind of accepted Boromir. But Aragorn is at his heart a good person, so he's not just going to abandon someone in pain. Yeah. Regardless. Because before as he before he starts describing his home, Aragorn isn't looking at Boromir. Yeah. He's looking away. He's there, but he's looking away. I think he's also thinking about what Boromir's been saying. Because yeah. when Boromir says that um he heard he heard um Galadriel in his mind in the previous minute, uh, Aragorn seems kind of taken aback. Yeah, he like makes a like an eye poppy face. Yeah, um, it's and, like that, like that gif of the guy blinking. Which may, <laughs> which makes me wonder if Aragorn, if this didn't happen to Aragorn this time, maybe it didn't. Maybe Galadriel didn't have didn't have shit to say. Yeah, <laughs> to Aragorn. She's today. got lots to say, but um, <laughs> maybe just not to him today. She had things to say to Boromir. So I think it. It takes him aback, and he can see how unsettled Boromir is by this this happening. And by this by this witch, <laughs> she's not a witch, as Gimli said earlier, a <laughs> sorceress. <laughs> um, but I think that Aragorn really feels like I think Aragorn empathizes with people, but we don't see it happen all that yeah. often. I also think he feels responsible for this this moment of pain in particular because he is the one that led them into Lothlorien. Yeah, but where else were they going to go? Right. But I think that that's also part of it. Like, he feels responsible for this moment of vulnerability that Boromir is feeling. Because hmm. I think he, he also, I think he feels responsible for Gandalf's death as well. So he feels responsible for this whole scenario beyond Moria. Because Aragorn just, like, takes on people's burdens. Yeah. I'm the guy in charge. I'm the guy... I. I got to step up to the plate now. Right. Okay, here we go. And we really, I think that Aragorn, like, through this conversation, like, not only respects Boromir more, but also finds, like, a kindred spirit in Boromir. Because when Boromir talks about how, um, you know, his father looks to him to, like, see Gond the, the glory of Gondor restored, and I would, I would see it done, and this is my, this is my, like, burden to bear basically yeah. aragorn's like oh okay now i get you we are we are very similar yeah that's why they're such great foils because they both accepted their burden differently yeah it, it's so i don't know i've i've always loved their relationship i have uh i do have some issues with aragorn in general because of how long it takes for him to come around to boromir i think aragorn is just um very uh, um, guarded. Um, I think he is very um, like not I don't think he makes friends easily. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think you're right because I also, I kind of think that ultimately Boromir's death and the relationship he was starting to cultivate with Boromir is what helps him become closer to Gimli when it's just Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. And I think that um like, he hasn't needed to make friends in, like, 
Like, you know, a really long time. I mean, he had his brooding altar room. It's fine. This is like an 85-year-old man, like an 80-year-old man. like uh, An emotionally stunted 88-year-old man. I guess. But no, it's not that he's emotionally stunted because he's clearly not because his relationship with Arwen is very healthy. Yes. Um, So he's not emotionally stunted. I think it just takes him a while to open up to people. And... Well, yeah, I mean, it took, what, 60 years for his relationship with Arwen to get going? <laughs> I mean, that's that's completely different because she's also an elf, so, like, they're on elf time. But... <laughs> to her, that was like a day. I, I think that Aragorn has trouble opening up to people, especially if said person, like... Because on, on um, Karadras, like, Boromir, like, makes a play for the ring. And Aragorn's first responsibility is protecting and guiding Frodo. Right. That's what he vowed to do. Right. That's his, like, knightly vow. And this guy who, um, who's also, like, you know, a traveling companion, but not really a friend, is trying to take yeah. the thing that he vowed to protect that's not going to help their relationship. Moria was the team building mission. Right. There were a lot of trust falls. <laughs> Involving a cave troll. Yes. In which both Boromir and Aragorn got knocked the hell out. And like, and yeah, you're right though, because like Moria, um, like they, they went, all of them went through this like shared trauma of like, not only escaping this giant ass cave troll, um, Defeating all of these orcs and losing their 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 mentor. Right, they see a demon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and now there's some time to breathe. So, like, I mean, like, like people who share, like people who experience things like that, either like hate each other or like form like a like a tight knit bond. Right, and I think that. This step that Boromir takes to really talk to Aragorn like this, I mean, they they like, you see them in Moria, like, um, when Frodo speaks to Gandalf, um, and Gandalf talks about, um, the like Gollum and the Ring and everything, like you see Aragorn and Boromir kind of hanging out together in Moria, like yeah. sitting fireside, but like I think. Gan losing Gandalf is what really um cements their relationship and now this shared um experience. Yeah. Yeah. Also this is um this is kind of a callback moment too when I didn't I didn't mention this yesterday, but this is almost kind of a callback to right after Moria when Boromir's saying, you know, let them rest, give them a moment for pity's sake. Yeah. Because, you know, Boromir obviously wants to take a minute too. Right. Yeah. And now that he's in a place where rest could happen, he's unable to take rest. Mm -hmm. I think that's just like an interesting thing to track. Yeah. Because he also wants nothing more than to rest at this point. Yeah. But now he can't. I think um, I think this conversation helps. I think it does. And we do see him asleep. It's very cathartic. After this. Yeah. It's. Um... Well, it's like crying to get it out and then just right. being like, yeah. well, now I'm too tired to stay awake. Um. And, I mean, this is kind of straying into next week, but 
I really think this conversation is what cements their relationship because instead of being threatened by Aragorn's presence like he was at first, like, you know, because he's the he's the heir to the stewardship of Gondor. Yeah. Um, and here is like the rightful king. Um, instead of being rivals, I think he accepts and he says, you know, the lords of Gondor have yeah. returned instead of just like, yeah. you know, the lord or, you know, whatever. Yeah. See, and like that's one of the moments that I think is really sad about this being cut is when Bor because this is Boromir's acceptance of Aragorn. Right. But I don't think Aragorn's full acceptance of Boromir comes until you until Boromir's death. Which sucks. Like that's part of my problem with the whole arc in general with Aragorn's yeah. relationship with Boromir. You said you were gonna save it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, but now we're talking about it more. We, we can we can like dodge it. Yeah. <laughs> Dodge it. We, we'll talk more about it more later. We have we have plenty of. We're gonna have two weeks of watching Boromir die, uh, so it's okay. Yeah, that's gonna be hard. We'll get there. I feel like I've grown closer to Boromir as a character in doing this because, right. like, before doing this, I'm like, yeah, Bor like Sean Bean's great, you know, whatever. Oh, you know, like, lol, Boromir dies, but like now, really digesting and like having to like. Uh, you know, obviously, like, talk about 60 seconds of a movie every day. Yeah, because we, we, we're we really chewing on what it what Boromir's arc is. Right, yeah. And his, his motivations and, I think, and everything. I think by doing this, I have, like, a, a more of an appreciation for the character. Yeah. Um, and I find that I, I really um, admire the character and also, like, relate to to him too yeah yeah which is going to be really hard to watch him die for two weeks in a row yeah <laughs> i mean like boromir is my favorite character in the first movie mm. because he's you know and topping boromir as far as like a character in the first movie is really hard anyway because he's the only one with a full arc yeah so well, he, I mean, he gets especially in the extended where yeah. he gets like a real full because treatment. I feel like in the theatrical, he doesn't have an arc at all. No, he has. Uh, he has an arc, but he kind of just like goes from zero to sixty in five minutes at the very end. It's it's very um, jarring, and I because in the theatrical, what we're supposed to get out of like his last stand is that at the end of the day, Boromir's a good person. Not that we see a whole lot of it, but we're supposed to just kind of get that right that he's not willing. That yes, he's corrupted by the ring, but he's not willing to let Merry and Pippin get hurt right. or killed. So that's where we're supposed to get out of it, but it does kind of like it feels more earned in the extended yeah, edition. I, Boromir's I last stand. I agree. And an interesting thing to think about narratively is this kind of story arc for a character in a more in a story that was written in more modern times. Aragorn probably would have been the one to die at the last stand and then we would have centered on Boromir is the way I think like a more modern take on this story would have gone. Why would you kill the king? Because Boromir would have taken it upon himself to like finish this and like feel redeemed and all of that. I think that's the way that a more modern version of this story would have gone. I don't I don't know if I. It's an interesting thing to think about as far as like the consequences of what would happen. I don't know if I agree with that. I think um, I think either both of them would live or both of them would have died. I don't know. Like I've I've thought about this before and like in a more 
Because more modern storytelling well, is focused much more on, like, what, okay, gritty stuff. What is your definition of modern? Because technically this is, like, quote-unquote modern literature. Yes. I mean, this is the beginning of modern fantasy, like, as we know it today. Yeah. Is, is Tolkien. But I mean, like, in the last 15, 16 years or okay. so, like, since the, since the late since 90s, this early movie 2000s. Was made. Pretty much since this movie was made. Okay. Like, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there's much more focus on, like, antiheroes. And more like redemption story yeah, arcs. But if Boromir was an anti-hero, because he is a hero. Yes. That's his that's his thing. Like if Boromir was an anti-hero, I don't think I would like him as much. I like this story because it like it is tropey, but it's like the father of all tropes. Right. And I I just think it's an interesting thing to look at and think about the consequences of what would happen in that kind of story. Yeah. Because the like the motivations are different. The end goal is essentially the same because the, and I, I didn't come up with this myself. I had a conversation with someone and they kind of walked me through this at one point. Mm. And it makes some sense to me, like in the framework of storytelling, basically since like Game of Thrones was published in 96. Okay. Um, the idea of following someone more flawed than say Aragorn, yeah. but using Aragorn to build this flawed character first. And then continuing with his story beyond losing the grounding that helped him realize he was a he like that he was better than he started. So like a Jamie Lannister, kind of like and fo- like tracking it as like Aragorn being Boromir's mentor. Like we have Gandalf as like the mentor of everyone, yeah, and then Aragorn is like Boromir's mentor. I guess it's hard for me to kind of separate myself um, and really think about this story in that context. Yeah. Uh, because that's just not what not what is happens. happening here, right? Yeah. Um, I, I like the structure of the story going forward. I don't think would really change from this event. It's just the motivation's different, and you have someone who's like renewed in their like quest because you'd still have the trio it would just be Boromir instead of Aragorn. Yeah, that's weird. And I think you would get a lot of similar interplay because Boromir and Gimli are very similar. They would have gone to Gondor much. I don't know if they would have gone after the Hobbits, though. I think Boromir would have. Because you're still talking about the same guy. Yeah, no, I know. It's weird. It's it's weird to think about. It's like... Um, it also it oh. also makes the uh, it also makes the line when Aragorn agrees to the quest, like, really have weight later in the story. Yeah. When he says, if by my life or death. Yeah. But, like... Like... Aragorn... Because that's like a foreshadowing that never comes true. Yeah, but Aragorn... Aragorn's the king. You can't, yeah. You can't kill the... You can't kill Arthur. Right. I mean, you could. I I guess, but then you don't... You don't have an Arthurian story. You just got his knights kind of trying to figure out what the heck to do now. Yeah. I mean, I just... To me, it's like an interesting thought experiment to kind of track with, with where things go from here on. I mean... I think it's interesting. Not that I would say it would be superior. It I'm just definitely makes my not. brain hurt. Because, um, yeah. like, I, oh, dang it. My go-to movie to reference right now, you haven't seen yet. So, dang it. Um, yeah. Besides, we already have an Ethereum parallel in this story. In what? Uh, Gandalf? Theoden. Oh. Oh. I always forget about him. Probably because find... he's not in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> Sir not appearing in this film. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we already have our Arthurian like waning empire parallel 
in fandom. I, I don't. And know. Eowyn is very much like Guinevere. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. That's it weird. Is weird. It's something to chew on. Think about. Because, like, okay, if we're thinking about this in terms of like Arthurian legend, like Gandalf is Merlin, and <laughs> yes. Aragorn would be Arthur, and Gandalf he... and Boromir, if we were to swap places, Gandalf and Boromir don't really have that relationship. No. So when Gandalf comes back, he's like, "Where's my bro? Like, right. where's my where's my dude Aragorn?" Yeah. You know. But Gandalf would still feel responsibility for the race of man yeah, to make sure I that guess. this is done right. But it's a very different kind of story. I f- but all the all the plot points, I think, still I track the I same. Don't think, well, okay. What about the like the spooky ghost army at the end? Well, we don't get that. That just means that the fight at Gondor is much more drag out right to the very end. And then they like lose. No. Well, obviously they don't lose. Because like the turning point for that battle is the spooky ghost army. I'll argue it's the Rohirrim. It's Rohirrim and Spooky Ghost Army in conjunction. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just always thought it was an interesting thing to think about. That is very interesting, but I feel vaguely uncomfortable. In like And then, you know a good way? Fair, I don't... Faramir and Eowyn become the king and queen of Gondor in the end. What happened to Boromir? Maybe he dies in battle. No, you can't do. Okay, <laughs> you can't have Aragorn die in the first movie and then also kill Boromir. Yeah, man, he still dies for the wrongs he did. That's no. I'm not into that. It's very tragic. I want my care. I hate. Okay, I I appreciate. I appreciate what Game of Thrones as like as like a body of work has done for. Um, um, modern fantasy in that it has lent like a like a seriousness and a more like adult right. bent to it. Yeah, because like, people to take say fantasy that, much more serious. Yeah, now. not to say that it it wasn't before. Um, but it's just that the popularity of such a mature fantasy right. novel took off. Yeah, and it for and I, a reason no one's really sure why. I appreciate that. However, I hate the um the effect it's had on modern storytelling in that all of your characters die for no reason and it's just hyper violent like you can't just have like like Aragorn live anymore right you know <laughs> yeah and I'm not saying that I would want to see this but I like if you were going to do that I could still see Boromir dying in the end because he still has to die for the wrongs he committed yeah but I'm I'm like just like let the heroes live. Like let like let the heroes be happily ever, like live happily ever after. Yeah, like man. that's not to say that there aren't casualties. Um, yeah. One of my, one of my favorite um, fantasy authors, um, that's not Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, um, is David Eddings, and I, I recommend I would recommend his books if you are into fantasy. Um, I still need to read some of because them because it is. Um, especially the Belgariad is very reminiscent of this. Um, the there's more character development and the dialogue is like way better. It's not as um archaic. Um, it's much more uh mainstream, and uh the characters are very funny and very memorable. And there are losses, but in the end, 
it ends happily. Like, yeah. And that's like, well, that's the hallmark of fantasy. Fantasy kind of has to end happily. Like maybe not necessarily for like individual characters, but like fantasy kind of has to end happily. Right. Because it's fantasy. It's an escape. It's not our world. Well, I mean, and that's like, you can have like serious fantasy. I mean, like, you know, Game of Thrones, everyone dies, but like. I, the world can be changed. You can I go like, through cataclysms. I like I like David Eddings because he feels like a middle ground to me, um, where there is like you have like the the scope of the world and everything that, and the magic and the wizardry and whatever that Lord of the Rings has, and then you also have um, like the the politics and like not as intense, but like the the politics and the um, the like the, the 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 battles and you know whatever and yeah it's not as um it's not as um like graphic and like but but people do yeah tie yeah so i don't know i recommend i recommend david eddings i really enjoy him mm-hmm. his work yeah i should read so i should read that yeah i should read that yeah but i don't know we could talk about boromir more but there's yeah. just so much boromir <laughs> So much Boromir. If, okay, if we talk about a bunch of Boromir now, what are we going to talk about in the two weeks that he's like I don't know, man. We, in slow motion before know. our very eyes. Is one of our guests for that going to be like a combat expert or something? Actually, or yes. Got, yeah, so <laughs> we'll talk about the combat <laughs> in detail for at least a couple of those days. <laughs> so, I think that about... It's going to be easy to repeat ourselves during those two weeks, I think. I don't I don't think so. We we get to talk about our friends, the uruk more, so... That's true. We get to talk about alerts. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. Um, so we are from the website duelinggenre.com. Um, all of our contact information is on that site, as well as all the other podcasts associated with the Dueling Genre family. Um, and if Movies by Minutes uh, podcasts are your thing, you can look at moviesbyminutes.com and all of the current uh, or finished shows uh, are posted on there. And um, Pete from Star Wars Minute curates that, so and he does a good job of keeping up with it. So check yeah. that out. If There's you're... quite a few now, mm-hmm. like almost forty. Yep, um, there are quite a bit. So go ahead and check that out. Um, special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Leaper One Eighty Two and Ed Foster. Hope everyone has a great weekend, and we will be back on Monday for the Ladrillery. The week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.